Are you afraid of death? Yeah. There's no way out of it. You're going to die. I'm going to die. It's going to happen. What difference does it make if it's tomorrow or 80 years? Do you know how fast time goes? I'm going to die. You are going to die. Welcome, Boneheads. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horophilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Dave Z. Hot as leather. You know how he says that at the end? He goes, we're hot as leather. Jamie Jenkins. I, 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 I like it. And Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the bone zone. It is February of 2017. The Skeleton Crew has returned. It is show number 125. Jamie, how have you been since Halloween? I've been really busy, but I've been well um, for the most part. And uh, one big thing, I have a big announcement, is that Liking It is back. Ooh, I'm liking that news. That's... (laughs) That's uh, that's one thing I'm really excited about right now because it's gone on a long hiatus. And uh, I was like, you know what? That sucks. I missed that show. So uh, there are some big changes, though. There's a uh, there are some some surprises. So when that episode drops, it it is by now. Then go check it out and you'll you'll find out what I'm talking about. But I'm not going to tell you because you have to listen. Right. Sweet. Well. Yes, that sounds great. So I'm looking forward to the new Liken It, guys. Check that out. That's Jamie's uh, werewolf horror podcast. Um, so she's back with that, and that's coming out uh, shortly after this episode, I, I guess. Uh, Dave Z, how have you been since Halloween? All right, man. Uh, just keeping myself busy because uh, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of out of my fucking head, have been for a long time. But because I keep my head busy, I'm somehow managing to stay in my head, if that makes any lick of sense to anybody. Uh, so keeping busy makes you from going out of your mind, basically. <laughs> yes, yes, because if 100%, yeah, I would 100% be fucking out of my mind if I wasn't so distracted with um, – the stuff I distract myself with, yes, constantly. Well, uh, since Halloween, I have been uh, busy, not busy. Depends what you call being busy with, busy or not. But uh, I've been doing a lot. I It's weird. No matter how long of a break we take, it does not matter. It always seems like today is here and I'm on front in front of the mic. It's, it's so crazy. Like, uh, you don't really ever feel that break, you know what I mean? Uh, As a listener, I'm sure it seems like forever since we've been on and stuff like that, but as uh, 
the person uh, sitting here. It it doesn't really ever feel like a break. Uh, not that I I'm I'm very glad to be here. So that's one good thing. You know, it's hard to miss doing this because before you know it, you're doing it again. So that's uh, interesting. But the one thing I've been busy with that relates to anybody who would listen to this show is. I started my own uh, podcast. It is not horror-related. It is probably my favorite uh, TV sitcom, Married with Children. Uh, I always wish there was a podcast for that show. I always wish it was brought into the light and people brought more attention to it because it's so great and so amazing. And it's been it's been done for years. I think 98 is the last year that Married with Children was out. So... Um, it's been, you know, a long time, and I wanted to do a show commemorating that, so I started that podcast. We're going to go from episode number one all the way to the end, 262, and it's about a five-year-long thing, because it comes out once a week, and that many uh, uh, shows is five years. So, guys, check that out. Join the Facebook group page, and uh, please check it out, see if you like it. So, uh, this is a very, very, very important skeleton crew show it will change the show as you know it um nothing will be the same after this moment that you're listening to right now just say to yourself from the second i'm listening to this everything is different uh i'll say three to five minutes from this second and it will never be the same and that's it. There's so much weight to this episode that nobody could possibly understand. And uh, the 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 decisions and gestures and and just the history that is going to go into the next uh, twenty minutes or so is hard to believe. So, Dave, you have an announcement for all of the boneheads. Okay. Yeah. I I I, I have an announcement. Sure. Um. Boy, how can I say it? Hmm. Well, because of recent developments um, between all of us as as friends, and and also in the podcast community and you know our, our little family here, I thought it was I thought it was kind of a good idea for more reasons than a one to get my show back. And when I say my show, I mean to get back the show that I have always loved listening to. Love being a part of as well, but love listening to just as much. And uh, I saw an opportunity because of things happening in my life and because of things happening in other people's lives, I, I saw a good opportunity to, to make myself happy as a listener, selfishly, and to make a lot of other listeners happy as well. And um, I'm talking about our homie, coming in here and I'm talking about me taking off and I'm talking about uh, Dan Chase who me (laughs) (laughs) so I'm going to say shit now that you know may or may not make the airways but this my life this past year uh, I can sum it up right now quickly actually without getting long winded I am literally paying three attorneys right now okay (laughs) now Three fucking attorneys for three different things. Two involving my, my house that my wife and I inherited in California, and one involving a custody battle for my daughter. Okay? Three, okay, 
three attorneys cost a lot of fucking money. Um, 50%, and I'm not exaggerating, 50% of my income goes to child support. Oh. And, yes, and I'm not exaggerating. I just did my taxes. I know what I brought in, and I know uh, what I paid. And that is because when you first get child support, it's how much you're making at the time. I was making double what I make now. And I'm married to this right. price for the rest of my life because that's how New York State does it regardless. I mean, if my ex-wife wanted to be a, a good person or a swell, whatever, and say, hey, you know what? I understand he's doing this, whatever. No. So 50% of my income goes there. Uh-huh. Now take that and then take paying three attorneys. That's yeah. a fucking nightmare. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Dude, totally. that's a nightmare. Like, that's no joke. And the reason I'm making a lot less is because I need weekends off because my ex-wife moved um, a little further away, not too far. It's only a, a 20, 25 minute drive, but still, uh, I only get to see my daughter on the weekends because she has to go to school wh- where my ex-wife lives, where she lives. Yeah. So I needed a job taking weekends off. I cannot, I'm, I'm very qualified for anything in, in certain fields. However, everything I'm qualified for is you have to work weekends. So I had to take a shitty job making shitty money in order to see my daughter. So that's what I did. I, I chose this. I chose to do this. So on top of having low finance and a lot of money going out on a bunch of bullshit and owning a house in California that we have sold, but we have squatters in the motherfucker that won't. Really? Leave. Oh, yeah. And we're not collecting any rent at all. All right. And this house sold. And now we might lose the sale because these assholes that are squatting in the house. Oh, my God, Dave. Now, really? Yeah, dude. Yeah, so we have to pay attorneys Holy shit, for that. Bro. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Right now, I'm living in my father's apartment, rent-free, of course, because I have no money. And my wife is living with my aunt because she has dogs. And my aunt loves dogs, and she can't live in this apartment because it's it's not big enough for all of us. So that's what's happening in my life. So this past year has been crazy, to say the least. Have um, you considered setting up a... A ruse to convince them that the house is haunted so that they will <laughs> run out. A good neighbor, right? <laughs> Dude, you might have a good point, though, Jamie. <laughs> I mean, it worked in the Brady Bunch. It worked in Small Wonder. It worked in uh, uh, numerous, numerous um, <laughs> Jamie, sitcoms made, over the years. You may have just saved the day. I thought I came up with everything. Scooby-Doo. Right. <laughs> these, these people are dumb as fuck, so it might actually work on them. Holy <laughs> shit. And I'm not, I'm not making light of it. I really am I don't care. It's a horrible situation. I, but I mean, I, I don't know. Like, how do you get people to, to get the fuck out? Unless you convince them there's a scary reason to be there. <laughs> Dave Z's Paranormal Haunted Hour. <laughs> oh, we should do this on the Ghost Story Show. <laughs> right? It's like that movie Albatross there that, uh, Jamie, isn't that how you uh, pronounce it? Albatross? Abattoir? Is that what you're talking about? Abattoir. Just build a house and uh, full full of mirrors and uh, exploding head memorabilia, big signs that says, hey, yo. (laughs) Dude, I would love to, but to sum this up, you, (laughs) you... you have to make sure that these fuckers don't damage the house as they're exiting it. So now you gotta walk right. on eggshells and hope that these assholes don't, and they're her relatives, and that's a whole other story. You gotta right. hope that step on beetles. Yeah. Don't damage anything because right. then 
Right. Then you're then we got to spend yeah. more money out of our pocket again, which we don't have, to fix up the damage before the new tenants can move into the house. So Damn. that financially, that's a fucking yeah. nightmare. Not to mention emotionally and everything with my right. daughter, which I can't do a damn thing about because it's New York State and I don't have a vagina, so I don't have rights. So that's and that's just me. That's just the truth. Sorry, it doesn't matter uh, unless you're a, a prostitute or you're found with a fucking needle in your arm. Yeah. New York State does not take your, your child away from you if you're right. a Dude, I'm so sorry to hear that, man. It, it sucks that that shitty things happen like that to good people like you, bro. I, I'm sorry, man. That's horrible. Oh, thanks, buddy. Thanks, just, thanks. just, just keep your head up, dude, because you know that even though it's tough as hell, dude. Like I said, man. Like I said before, you, you're such a well-respected dude that in terms of like even I mean, dude, we're talking about stupid podcasting and whatever, but um, you know, apply your character to any real-life situation, dude, and you, you'll make it through, man. It's not gonna make it any easier. It's gonna be tough as hell, but I got faith in you, bro. You're, you're a fucking true OG, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take. There's a reason I I I I I just told all my woes for the past year. That that was leading up to what brings us here today. Um, right. I have had to keep it very cool around my wife and around my daughter because my wife is freaking the fuck out. She she's taking things to heart because it's her family that's in this house. Yeah. Me, I'm dealing with my own heartache, and my wife is also right. with my daughter and things like that. But I, because I'm the man of the house, and because I'm I'm trying to be the strong one for my family. Yep. I don't do anything. I don't give them any shit. I keep everything inside. I don't discuss fucking what I'm thinking, if I'm freaking out, if I'm panicking. They're my, well, I shouldn't say they. My, my daughter's too young to worry about shit like this. But I mean, either, but still, there are things. Hey, involved. man, that, that video you know? of you guys, dude, your daughter's so adorable, Dave. That was such Thanks. a great video, by the way, bro. Seriously, man, she's Thank so you. cute. Thank you, man. How Thank old is she, Dave? I'm sorry? She's 10. She's 10. 10, man. She seems yeah, really smart, too, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead, though. No, it's okay. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. But, I mean, there's things that I oh, I have to see counselors with her, court-ordered, and I have yeah. to see other – it's a big fucking mess. But, right. basically, my wife's freaking out, and yeah. I have to not tell her what's on my mind because she's freaking out enough. I'm not going to make her worry more. So, I got – so, I'm always – cool around my family no one's seen the bad side of me and what's going on but i can't say no one because alex and jamie and matt specifically have if anybody probably the only people honestly that have had to hear me complain and say things and it hasn't been that much but i'll tell you this is what starts it when banana laser folded when alex when matt said i'm gonna quit banana laser that was done okay when Shortly after that, Alex was saying, I'm going to wrap this up and give it to Mike at 120. And that was on the way out. And we were only doing sporadic shows at that time anyway. So then I started my show knowing this is all I'm going to do. Then Jamie and Brian approached me with their show. And what a great fucking idea. And, and great friends and people that are great to do shows with. How could I refuse that? So here's what I was thinking. I'm just going to have these two shows, Cruise on the Way Out, and what whatever. Banana's gone. So... This was my plan. I only want to record one day a week, and that's it. That's all I ever wanted. Now, it didn't work out that way. In October, things changed. Um, uh, we were doing our, our shows. My show's very involved exploding. I, I pay it a lot of attention. I, I, I try to be innovative. And, and it's really There's a lot of shit going on with that show, and it keeps me busy, and I thank God for that. Now, between that going on and the crew doing the Phantasm retrospective and the ABCs and Banana Laser coming back, and me trying to diet and fucking work these long hours, not long hours, but I get home at seven, eight o'clock at night where, where you guys 
do not. So you're always waiting on me. Um, that became a very, very stressful time for me. And I was very fucking miserable about doing all these podcasts at the time because it was just too much. But at the same time, I didn't want to let anybody down either. So it led to some, I don't want to say it was bickering, but it led to me coming off like I'm, I'm fed up with all this. And I really wasn't, and I am sorry uh, if I ever did come off that way. I, I know I didn't handle things perfect, but part of my personal life spilled into things like that and everything else, and it was just way too much for me to deal with at once. But here's the deal. When you're on here recording recording a podcast, hanging out with your friends. It's always great. I've never finished and said, oh, that sucked. I'm pissed off at this guy or that. Never. When the fucking record button hits and when I'm hanging out with my friends, it's wonderful. It's just any preparation or, or, or sometimes taking up of time as you're doing it that ends up being a negative in your life. So it was just too much going on. Now, but but I hung with it and maybe I wasn't the easiest to deal with it at times. And like I said, I apologize for that. Um, so that, that's a little peek behind the curtain. Now, now I see Dan comes back into the mix. And, you know, you're, 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 we're being cautiously optimistic at first. How's everything going to work? Then this cut to the chase stuff comes out. Everything seems fine. Dan's, Dan <laughs> seems like he's back to his old self. Everything's great. You know, yeah. I, and, and here I am listening to cut to the chase with Alex and Dan. Um, and this is what I'm thinking. Two things. Number one, it's great to hear these two fucking guys together again. This is the show I fell in love with. You know, I mean, Thank you, man. of course, of course. The only thing that's missing is Jamie. This is what I'm saying. I know, right? So I'm thinking to myself, these guys, two things. The first is, like, like I just said, it's great to hear them together. I think maybe Dan deserves a chance to come back and have the Skeleton Crew be the show I fell in love with and I love listening to, that I miss listening to, and that a lot of listeners love listening to. And it gives me another chance to take one show off the fucking menu as much as i love being here and being with you guys that's the way i'm looking at it it's it's there's two reasons for me to get out banana laser we are we have shows pre-recorded up until april then we're on hiatus we don't know if it's permanent hiatus or not or what's gonna happen we don't know Matt has said i don't know what we're gonna do next so i am done recording banana laser after today i'm gonna be done recording skeleton crew ABC's Jamie's very busy now. You know, we all are. Everyone's working different shifts. Jamie's working a different shift in different times. It's not, she used to be very regular when she lived before she moved to Michigan, you know? So it's hard for her to even get shows out. So that that's that's a sporadic show now. And I'm not complaining. If we record once a month, we do. I don't give a fuck. Exploding Heads is very regimented. Every other Sunday at 9.30, there we are. But bottom line is, I never wanted to be the guy to have all this time and to be the butt of a joke of fucking having all these <laughs> damn shows. It's, it was never my plan. I just wanted to record one day a week and hang out with my homies. And so I guess I'm being selfish. Dan's giving me props, but I, I really think I'm being selfish because number one, I, I, I need more time to chill and concentrate on other things. And number two, I want my show back. I want my, my it's like I want my MTV. I want my TSC. <laughs> you know? I want Alex and Dan and Jamie what I used to listen to. <laughs> so here we are. That's it. That sums it up. Well, let me just say uh, that we are all very grateful. Dan included, even though I'm sure he wasn't in the beginning, but I think in retrospect, since you kept this show afloat like you did and it's here today, 
and and he's you know here i think now in retrospect uh we are all grateful that you know it was a very hard time when things fell apart with dan jamie and myself and we were all very we're all emotionally wrecked in, in ways yeah and it um you know jamie and i did I'm, i guess we could have just done it the two of us but it would always feel incomplete because there would always be you know that void and you know being such good friends with you ahead of time it really you were like the perfect person and the passion you had for the skeleton crew and everything to to keep you know jamie saved the skeleton crew first and you saved it second you know and and now uh now we, we see dan brought it back so uh but yeah, you yeah, did yeah, that yeah. dude <laughs> but you did that and i you know just if we could reminisce for a second you know and just say that you know you did it for two years and i'm sorry that i messed up your first year by uh thinking it was a good idea to have michael J come back and uh and you know even dealing with mike for the first i don't know how many how long he was on or whatever but i'm sorry dave that i messed that up for you i know you were excited to come in and be the third person and that now you had a shorter shortest share of the thing with mike even though he didn't say much it still felt crowded in that room Dave's thinking he's getting a title match here, and all of a sudden, here comes a fucking... It's a tag uh, team match. A, yeah, like a clown on a unicycle. He's like he's like Bret Hart here, and he has to work with Jimmy Anvil Nightheart again. <laughs> well, and it was cramped in the dungeon. He kept smacking people with his cane and... and yeah, it was, just, it was just a mess, and it was a mistake. That, that was my first of many of my mistakes on this show. I used to be really perfect. I used, every decision I ever made was the right one, and somehow I began to just make all the wrong ones. And I don't know how that happened, but I guess it does, you know? It's I'm your sorry, heart. It's I'm what like... I always say, Alex. and I tell this to my daughter. I tell this to everybody in life. Right. Never follow your heart. Always follow your head. And I know that it sounds fucking cold, but if you always use your brain over your heart, you'll never go wrong. But it's not easy to do because that's what makes us human is following our hearts and having compassion and having love for others. And you know what, what I mean? With that said, though, I, I kind of chalked that up to this as well, man. Like I said about your per personality and how it's such a strong one where there's no time for people to, you know, kind of sit there in the in-between, the upside down, so to speak. They either love you or they hate you. And I feel like with, with, with Alex and the decisions that you made, Alex, it was very bold. And I feel like you're right, though, Dave. I, I agree with that. <clears throat> and I like to think that, uh, you know, I, I think that way. But I, I definitely go with my heart as well. And I think Alex did in that particular situation. And and, and you wanted to rekindle that magic and you rolled the dice, man. And, and hey, listen. So I don't feel like you should ever apologize for for your mistakes, man. You swung for the fences, you took chances, and that's what life's all about. I'm so tired of people playing it safe and, and sitting back and judging other people. Oh, this person did a shitty podcast. This person, yeah, you know what, dude? Don't say shit about it then. You don't have to say anything about it, dude. Build people up, dude. Let's fucking all do this together, man. I, I see nothing but talent around here. 
we're all gonna make mistakes. It's those mistakes that make us better, dude. How 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 ridiculous is it that people don't understand that, dude? Just like that's the whole thing with a uh, split, even you know, without pain, we can't get to this place, man. The pain is what makes us. Unfortunately, it's such a sad sentiment too. Sentiment that that we have to go through those things to get to where we are and to be who we are. And and, and I find it actually rather poetic and it's it's very sad but at the same time man it's 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 what shapes us it's what makes us it's how you what the fuck is that rocky line you guys know it uh and they how hard you hit it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward well i think dude i think i'm literally a glutton for punishment and i put myself <laughs> in situations that that do this but who knows maybe i'll turn out to be some great person at the end of it all because i endure all this or work around it or do whatever i don't know if i'll ever be great i doubt it i'll say this alex first of all dude you you're your own worst enemy you always have been and actually that's one of your your best qualities actually it's very it's very i'm sure shitty for you because you're constantly questioning yourself but you make so many good decisions dude and, and you kill it bros that I, I don't think anybody's anything uh less than them proud of you so first of all i don't want to hear that shit from you bro you're wrong thanks well i i try i i don't make all the best decisions and i i i don't have the best foresight and things like that but you know i just try to do what i can I try to do what i think is the the best uh not even the best decision but just what would be the best for people it's almost like it's almost like i'm believe me i'm not thinking of myself like this but it's almost like batman saying i have to be the hero that uh, you need, not the one you want or whatever it is. Like, I sometimes I feel like I have to make the decisions that are are needed, not the ones uh, or you know, whatever it is. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to say that there's so many complexities to everything you do in life. But uh, back to what I was saying, though, like, Dave, um, I'm sorry about the Michael J thing, but I got to say that once he was gone and we were really rocking and rolling in 2016, uh you really shined and the show was really just great. Yeah, it means a lot to me to have spent the time that I did with you on the skeleton crew. And although I'm looking forward to being with Dan again just cuz it's a it's it, it's kind of a nice to go home again, I guess. I don't know. But the time That's that we still. had with you um was very special and I would have wanted no one else to be here with us. So oh, I was yeah. so pleased when when you said you would do it. And then, of course, mm -hmm. we went on to record ABCs together. And so the, the one thing I can take away from this is that I'm not losing you because I still have you in that respect. I still get to talk with you about movies. I still get to spend some time with you. And that makes it not painful because otherwise... Uh, it would be very painful because I have thoroughly enjoyed all the discussions that we've had. I love your laugh. I love I love your point of view. I love just your personality. I love everything about you. You're a great guy, a wonderful guy, and I can't thank you enough for spending time with us. But I'm not going to be sad because it's it, I do still get to spend time with you. Yeah. So right. that right there makes me happy. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. I... I I love all you guys, you know, and I don't want to feel sad at all. <laughs> I, I, I love you guys, really. Um, 
Thanks again for everything and this gesture. And, uh, hey, man, we're glad that uh, you're getting your show back. And uh, we're going to give you – now you don't have to worry about schedules. You don't have to worry about prep. All you can do is say, oh, the Skeleton Crew is here. And now I get to kick back when a new show drops. I get excited, download, have fun, and it's all good. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're still going to go monthly, but I guess the one announcement before we wrap it up, because uh, this show is going to be six hours by the time we're done. <laughs> Just to let everybody know, uh, one other reason that Dave made this gesture is because, and this is a fact, it ain't going to be like two years ago, uh, this this is the final season of The Skeleton Crew. Yep. It's it's been five long years, 2012, April 2nd, we started this, and it's going to be April 2nd, 2017. Uh, it's just, it's just time to, you know, we all have, we all kind of started here in ways, and um, we all grew as people, and we all love so many different things, and uh, this show gave, uh, it has birthed a lot of other uh, podcasts and we are all part of a lot of other podcasts due to it and uh, we are so thankful for the skeleton crew and what everybody who listens has made it and we we all branched out into other things and we always will love this we'll always look back on it if we ever miss the whole thing we'll always download a show and just reminisce and you know relive yep. it in a way but uh it's definitely time to uh, wind things down for real this time. So, you know, you guys all thought we were leaving at 100. That was two years ago. So you got two and now one more. So three extra years. None of us could ask for more because it was only supposed to be three years. So we kind of doubled that. And right. um, so Dan being here to kind of tie, tie it all together. And I'm glad that finally uh, someone's leaving the show on good terms because that has never happened, and that's how it should be. You know, if people get too busy or they just want to switch things up or they want to just step down for any reason, and this is a very unique reason, but whatever the reason, I'm glad that I'm finally still friends with the person after they leave the show because the show should not be determining who our friends are and things like that. This is just something we do for fun and we get together and we all enjoy. This should not be the make or break of, of relationships. So that's, that's a relief to me. So... You know, it's amazing to hear this. Uh, Dave, thanks again, and thank you for all you've contributed. And I will look very fondly on the two years uh, that you were here. So thank you again for that, too. Uh, no problem. Thank you. Thank you guys again. And thanks to the listeners. Thanks to the bonehead. Because yeah, they uh, took you right in, man. Yeah, yeah, big time. And no one's ever had a, had a negative word to say about about me. Uh, yet, so hopefully they don't now. But yeah, now they're gonna say, "What an asshole!" Dave, yeah, if not, fuck them. I'm out. <laughs> clan of fans, Dave. I'm coming in, man. I, I gotta, I gotta win all those people over, man. There's a lot more Dave Z fans out there than. Uh, well, now than there are with this new exploding head show we got, right? That's what I'm saying, man. Dave's Dave's grown into his own. Uh, his own personal um, podcasting rock star, man. So I love it, dude. What's up, Skeleton Crew? This is Johnny Gore calling in once again. Something strange has been uh, going on here. I've 
woke up earlier this morning and I see that uh, it's one of those emergency broadcast systems buzzing all over the TV. Now, it's like some type of a civil emergency. But, you know, I'll, I'm going to keep you guys posted because yeah, this really looks big. All right, guys. Well, before we get into our uh, next review, Split, which just came out, uh, I think it's important before we review this movie to get into M. Night Shyamalama Laman before <laughs> before we do anything. Because, I mean, he's, uh, he's one of those types of directors like, you know, there's not many directors that we care about all their movies or sort of remember or roll our eyes or whatever when we hear they do another movie. And... You know, there's people like him, Rob Zombie, who kind of evoke that kind of, you know, you're always like, oh, well, it's his one of his movies, okay. Because they're very distinct whenever it's uh, an M. Night Shyamalan or a Rob Zombie film or something like that. So, uh, what is your guys' history with M. Night Shyamalan? You know, he's known for a lot of, not many hits, but more misses than anything. Uh what where do you guys stand with his uh, batting average here? Jamie, please take this one. I'm dying to hear your take on it as well. <laughs> well, uh, personally, I have been he has been hit or miss with me. He started out super strong with The Sixth Sense, which is to this day still my favorite Shyamalan film. Then uh, I was a big fan of Unbreakable. I was a I actually like Signs. I know some people aren't yeah. crazy about that one, but I really like it. And I liked The Village. I was one of the six people out there who actually really enjoyed <laughs> The Village. That's when started, <laughs> that's when it started to go downhill for me because after that yeah. with Lady in the Water, I was like, um, that's the one I, that is at the bottom of the heap. That's the one yeah. I cannot stand. Then The Happening. Then The Happening. I oh. didn't hate it like everybody else hated it. I don't think it's good, but it's, to me, not the worst because, like I said, that's Lady in the Water. I um, would, yeah, would we be unfair to go out of the horror genre as well? Because if we do that, then it gets really sick and twisted. Well, if we do that, then I have no opinion because I've never I, seen After Earth because I saw um, an okay. everything wrong with After Earth on CinemaSins yeah. and yep. swore I would never watch the movie after I saw that because it looked pretty awful. And then the last Airbender was – it's not my thing. So, like, it's not my kind of movie. So I was never interested in that one. Well, then he came back with The Visit, and I was like, what the hell is this? This is my guy back. The, the Visit was amazing. And uh, now we have Split, which I think is a true – turn to form and it's really exciting in so many different ways so there we have my history with him night Shyamalan. dan yes <laughs> it's like it's like this man you know <clears throat> i think I, I i mentioned this to um jamie as well and brian in a uh, in a facebook thread but i feel like Shyamalan films are heavy dramas with with messages to them now some of them are are subtle some of them are uh you know kind of uh quiet and and either way though it always gets its point across whether it goes at a snail's pace or 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 you know really goes a quick to uh to everything so i do have faith in his ability in his ability to tell a story and even though it's it's very um you know dismissive at times and it takes a while to get there i do have faith in it and it's it, it is worth it you know at the uh 
at the end, right? Usually at the end, and that's usually where it takes place, right at the end. And that's why they call it a twist. Now, with that said, too, Shyamalan's first movie, I believe, what was it? Uh, it was... Um, uh, uh, this is how I feel, though, about Shyamalan. Unbreakable, <clears throat> it was still, you know, I mean, that was, what, 15, 16 years ago at this point? 17. 17 years, dude. Holy shit. God damn, I feel old. Um, but anyways, uh, it was like this, man. So my, my journey through it, I mean, I heard about Unbreakable. Bruce Willis, he's obviously a, 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 a high-profile uh, actor. This is following what? Like... I want to say, what, four years, uh, maybe five years after Pulp Fiction was released. So it was a reunion with Bruce Willis and um, and Sam Samuel Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, dude. I mean, goddamn. And it's funny, too, how uh, I never noticed this, but Shyamalan did eventually work with Travolta on After Earth, which is, by the way, regarded as one of the worst movies to ever grace the silver screen, folks. Really? Well, thank God I never heard of it. Uh, well, real quick, my journey real fast is that uh, Sixth Sense I really liked, Unbreakable, everybody said it was terrible, I never saw it. I loved the signs until I saw the review from the Nostalgia Critic, and he just made that movie look ridiculous. And one of the craziest lines ever, I never noticed, was when M. Night Shyamalan says they have a problem with with wood or something, like they can't break through a cupboard or what, like I was like I didn't realize how stupid that was until I saw the review. So, uh, but yeah, I, but did pro- you watch his review of Split? Right, right. No. Uh, yeah. He also he also kind of now he overall liked Split. He wasn't yes. overly negative about it, but there were some things he said about it that I absolutely disagree with. So, right. Nostalgia Critic is kind of hit or miss with me as well. I mean, he's fun to watch, but I don't always agree <laughs> with everything he says. Yeah, yeah, I didn't agree with everything, but. And then The Village, I really liked it, and then um, people pointed out that it's stupid, and then I stopped liking it, I guess. That that was a good experience to watch. Lady in the Water, I never saw Happening, never saw Last Air Burden, never saw Never Saw After Earth, never saw Waywood Pines, never saw The Visit. So I have no reference in terms like you guys do with being familiar with So what with made you time. decide to want to go see this one? Me? Well, D- Dan, yeah, he, <laughs> he basically goes, dude... You have to do this. On the first show back to Skeleton Crew, I need to talk about this. We have to do this movie. So if I was like, if he's that enthusiastic, I will go. Okay. Well, one thing I want to say before we talk about anything else, before anyone says another word about this movie, I want to say this. If either one of you, either one of you, mentions the word twist involved yes. in this movie, I will reach through Skype and strangle the both of you <laughs> because I am so tired of hearing people talk about the twist, the twist. There's no fucking twist, okay? The one thing we find, like the big thing we find out that's called a reveal, and it's something that they have been telling you was coming throughout the entire movie. I mean, it's it storytelling. It wouldn't have been more clear if she had put it in Braille and made you feel your way down the movie. Now... And it's, yeah, it's called, it's a story. It's a story. Can I just, and Can I just say twist? I heard some joking. <laughs> uh, he thinks there'll be that, a turn on if you choke. Wait, also, that, the other thing? thing, the very end thing that some people are referring to as the twist, that's also oh. not a twist. That's a reveal. No. And yes. that's a, that is, this is the, the expanding of a universe. That's what it is. So, Thank you, Jamie. No Thank twist. You so much, baby girl. What was I going to say, though? Uh, oh, before we start the review, let's just give um, our 
recommendation should people see this? Uh, I would say, uh, yeah, sure, why not? How about you guys? Yeah, sure, think... why not? Uh, guys, don't forgive me for saying this, but I've been away a while. What's our rating system these days? Oh, it's the same thing. We didn't, we didn't evolve any. Well, is it is it 1 through 10 or 1 through 5? 5. Okay, um, honestly, oh, 4.5 out of 5, man. I, I enjoyed this so much. Now, the only reason why I didn't give it a completely perfect score is just because of the fact that uh, I feel like I give give those away um, a lot. So, I mean, maybe if I'm somewhat reserved, maybe somebody will take me a little bit more seriously. <laughs> Hedwig! Yeah, you don't want to be the. So oh, did, never mind. I don't want to mention. Yeah. So does that mean like on Halloween night, if you're giving out full size Snickers bars, you give out like seven of them, and then the next kid, you're like, "Sorry, dude, you get a dum dum. I've already given out too many Snickers." Is that what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, uh, you, Jamie, you you know me. You touch my soul, baby girl. Mm-hmm. What do you give it, Jamie? Uh, let's see. I would say I'd say a like a four point five, simply because I think we could have used a little bit more character building with the girls, um, with the other girls. Um, and I wasn't crazy about their characters, and so they kind of knock it down just a tiny bit. But they're so really it it they're so uh, unimportant to the whole overall story that it doesn't even really matter. But. I absolutely love it, and I emphatically <coughs> encourage everyone to see it. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. As a rating system, I'd probably give it a 3.5. So, right. yeah, it's uh, it's it was really good in some parts, but I feel like there is the type of movie where, especially knowing the nature of this director, I felt like every single thing was somehow leading up to some T word, which Jamie doesn't want us to say or whatever. So I <laughs> guess... not a twist. It's that's not a twist. twist. No, I, well, I guess I agree with you because uh, I felt that in a couple instances, there was no payoff to me. And I felt like, why are you showing this when it never really culminated in some like, bam, holy shit, you know, like, I didn't get that from this movie, so, um, and especially the one you're referring to, Jamie, that you want me to talk about, I didn't, I mean, I got the reference, but that meant right. nothing to me, so. And, yeah, uh-huh. and I, yeah. I understand yeah. that. Me too. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so I'm you, like, you know. But you still enjoyed the film without it, right? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, and except for a couple non-payoffs and anticlimactic wrap-ups of certain people and or storylines or plot points, yeah. I mean, I thought uh, this guy's Mick M. Roy, whatever his name is, his performances were were really great. I mean... It's called the crew. Johnny Go here. I know I said in the last update that I'll keep you guys posted on what's going on since that last message. But the emergency broadcast system has been buzzing all over the place. Well... It said that it was a civil emergency. Nah, ain't no civil emergency. Something nasty has been, uh, has broken out. A zombie apocalypse has broken out. And I'm in the heart of it. People got a lot of theories, though. Say it's a gas leak or a chemical spill. Started at the hospital. Other people are saying, I got a buddy that works at the prison. He said that uh, 
people are saying that there's a prison riot that just broke out. Other people are saying that uh, there's a mixture of Ebola, Zika, and Flint water. If you can believe that. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. It's not the Flint water. Honestly, though, I don't know what the hell's going on. I'll tell you one thing I do know. It's not no prison break. It sure as hell ain't no disease that, disease that I ever heard of that can make a dead man walk. This is definitely something that we never heard or seen before. This is how the apocalypse is broken out. This is pure hell on earth. I'll keep you guys posted on further updates. I don't know how long it's going to be. Been busy a lot lately. Get my place all boarded up. Stocked up on food though. But I don't know for how long. Maybe another four months. Maybe four more weeks. Who knows? Me and a few other people are trying to come up with a plan. Trying to get out of here. Johnny Gore, out. All right, guys, so, uh, you know, you got the preamble for Split, and we're going to get into the movie, and we are going to talk about spoilers galore, and um, like Jamie alluded to, there's not really any reveals other than uh, a hint of things to come, so it ain't like that'll hurt anything, but of course, you know, you shouldn't listen to this unless you uh, saw the movie, definitely, I think. Right. Guys, uh... Okay, well, um, I guess basically the biggest spoiler here is that the beast that uh, they've been talking about, that they've been warning about, that that um, has uh, been foretold throughout the entire film is a, is a thing. I mean, he actually transforms into a beast and not, not like he doesn't, you know, he's not, a, he's not like a werewolf, you know, but he... Um, he becomes agile and fast. I mean, he has movements like an animal. And not only that, he is impervious to to pain and weaponry. Like, he mm. just, just, it just sort of bounces off his skin. Now, that, of course, is going more into the fantastical aspects of this. And there will be people who watch this film and go, well, I don't care how crazy you are. You're not going to be stopping bullets, you know. Mm. But... The the thing is, that is where fiction takes hold. And I'm okay with that because it is, after all, a story. And throughout this story, the, that has been the premise of the, the doctor's research, is that people with this, this mental illness, I guess, yeah, okay, um, have have the ability i mean she is her hypothesis is that people have the ability to actually change the makeup of their bodies by thought uh, because they've opened up parts of their brain that other people don't even use so and is yeah. that in in the the realm of the fantastic absolutely you know but she also cites some things uh like some like there are people with did who some personalities are diabetic other personalities are not um mm -hmm. Uh, which I honestly don't know. I intended to research that and see if there is anything to that, uh, but uh, yeah. I haven't. Um, I, for all I know, now I I did actually do a bunch of research years ago oh, yeah. on DID just out of curiosity because I because Norman Bates, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Um, well, I was also fascinated by the film Sybil. 
Um, which, as it turns out, I, I want to say that Sybil recanted a lot of her story uh, years later. But if you ever saw that movie with Sally Field, it's an excellent film. Um, then there Sybil was also Shepard? a book that I read. Hmm? <laughs> Not that I'm being announced. Do what? <laughs> oh. I said Sybil Shepard? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to um, say. There so was a, a book that I read um, called When Rabbit Howls. Uh, about a woman who had developed, and this was a true life story of a woman who had developed dissociative identity disorder, or back then it was split personality. Um, she had developed split personality after suffering through some trauma as a child, and so I you know, read her story, so I, I became very interested in it. Now, this was decades ago, so if there has been research now I'm, I am not, I don't, I'm not up on it. Basically. I don't really know. So as far as I know, maybe there is like a, a grain of truth to some of that. And he just expounded right. upon it That's or what maybe I think he it completely is. made it up, you know? Um, but I like to, yeah, I think that, I mean, cause you know, the best fiction really is when you take a something, you take a small bit of truth and then you build upon it. And, one person who has always, or was always excellent at that. And I think the best I've ever read uh, was Michael Crichton mm. and his novels. Uh, what I always loved about his novels is that his bibliographies were just about as thick as the novel itself because he put in so many hours of research into real life science and then took that and wrote fiction on top of that. So that's where we got Jurassic Park and that's where we got mm. Prey, which I think is a, a really a, one of his scariest books. Um, Congo, um, which is, you know, is kind of a silly movie, but yeah, I like it. Yeah, that didn't turn <laughs> I enjoy it, but um, I'm in the minority. I hope they all fall in the lava. Um, disclosure. You know, all of these things that he takes a little bit of a timeline. That was a good one. He takes a, a little mm -hmm. bit of truth and then builds it with fiction. And so I, I think that that's what Shyamalan was doing here. And I give him that license. I allow him to do that. As long as the story is interesting and as long as it's good, I will allow you to do that. And I'm not going to question too much of what you do because that's that's what a storyteller does. Right. So um, there's a lot of that going on here, but I absolutely love the way that it unfolds, the way that he weaves it. Uh, and there have been complaints about the one review I saw complained about how he treated the Anya Taylor-Joy's backstory, that he didn't really have the sensitivity that it took to build a story like that of her childhood abuse. Really? I disagree with that. I think he did totally. a beautiful job with that. You know, um, I, I think that it gave us insight into who she was and she knew some of the things she do. Well, why, why she did some of the things she did. And, you know, like when she told the one girl to pee on herself, right. um, you know, uh, and then in the end it's revealed that she's a cutter. Um, mm. and, and these are all, classic things thereby she is scarred not only mentally but physically and that in the end is her protection from the beast because he sees that she is not perfect she is a scarred human being and i'm gonna cry right now because because <laughs> at that point in the film i was i had lost it i was just bawling 
It, well, Jamie, quick question about that. Now, when you saw all that and all the all the backstory, did you see? Here's the thing with Shemola. You know, you know the twist is coming, or you know there's going to be a surprise ending to it. Did you see where that was going, or did you think you saw where that was going, like in the in the extremely predictable way? In that, you know, she's got all the, this backstory, and it's going to reveal that, like, you know, either a she is a personality of his, or she has her own personality disorder he's simply trying to help her like did you guys think it was going because it seemed to be kind not pushing that but one could definitely assume that just by the flashbacks and like you said the cutting and she knew what to do and all that Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I What I was thinking about when I was watching it was that it was basically showing us how she was stronger than the other girls because the other girls just seemed sort of I mean, not knocking them, but they seemed a little more vapid, a little more everyday. Uh, you know, they don't seem the type that have really had to face any difficulty in their lives. Right. Um, Pretty much everything's just been handed to them. And so it was, it, you know, he was illustrating how she is completely different from them. And I just kind of felt like I I assumed where it was going was that she was going to be the one that was going to be the strongest. She was going to be because of what she'd gone through, that she was going to be the one that was going to be able to, to get out of it. And also the scene where she is holding the gun on her uncle as a child. Right. I kind of figured that was going to come back around and she was going to right. be then using that like this time I will pull the trigger kind of thing. Um, other than that, I didn't really take it any well, farther. I'm so happy that you mentioned that scene, though. OK, so with, with the beast coming out of him, here's how I took that scene. And because I'm trying to outsmart Shyamalan here at this point because I know there's a twist coming and I figured well if they do that she's got split personalities or something to that extent I think it would obviously be pretty obvious and they wouldn't go that route but that scene where he's out in the woods right and they're talking about the beast coming or whatever I'm thinking that that they're pulling a fast one on us meaning oh yeah like you think she's getting raped or being molested but when he's acting like an animal I'm thinking in my head well maybe he really is trying to like train her to, you know, hone the beast in her. That this is where my mind's going because he was. Remember, he was acting That's like an animal. Yeah, it's like, interesting. And I never even, I ne- I never went there while I was watching the film. But it is, I, I like it. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's not what it was, but well, but I, you know, I can see where you would go there while watching the movie, and that's that's kind of cool. Well, I have a theory about that though, actually, that that hasn't actually been been told yet. Now, this is is this pre. Pre-ending spoilers or no? I forget. No, whatever you want. Okay, all right, all right. So with the ending, okay, like we said, it's it's an unbreakable sequel, obviously. Now that plays on the realism of the whole. You know, you got you got strength inside you. You you can't be hurt. It's a realistic superhero, and this is right, the right. origin story for the supervillain. Now here's here's a possibility, and this is just completely. But this is where my mind's going through this whole thing. They're showing the backstory, and then they end it where they end it. And I couldn't help but feeling a little bit, just a little bit, like. Oh, I wish that went somewhere else until you realize that, okay, most likely Shyamalan is making an unbreakable sequel. Now, here's just a theory, but she's probably a little older than Bruce Willis's son in Unbreakable. I have a feeling that they're actually going to play her character out somehow, um, one way or the other. Um, you remember how he's coming down? Oh, that, this is another thing. One of the best dialogue scenes for uh, for McAvoy was when he was basically crawling down, uh, you know, up the ceilings and chasing her down, down that hallway or wherever the hell they were. 
and he was talking to her, basically saying exactly what you said, Jamie, where, you know, only the strong survive. You have to go through pain in order to get through these things, th- those kind of things. But he said it much more eloquently and, and more, much more scary, too. I found that like that that monologue that he was saying really creepy. Did you guys at the very end there when when he's gritting his teeth at the end, bending the bars? I, I found that really creepy. Yeah, he was really intense. Yeah. Real, like, okay, because I didn't know if that came across, but I was genuinely freaked out. Like, because, you know, you guys see tons of horror movies, but that really got to me. I was like, wow, McAvoy. And beyond being such a great actor, like that guy just this this to me was like the role of a lifetime for him. I mean, forget all the Professor Xavier. If you've seen Filth, Filth is a great movie that he's in, but he really knocked it out of the park. And and it being uh, an Unbreakable sequel, I did a little backtrack in trying to figure out. And he was initially, that character was supposed to be in Unbreakable, but it just took away from, um, from obviously that story. And you know how Unbreakable is really slow very deliberate and and slow paced and all that. So I can see how that doesn't fit, but it was always um, conceived as a three part story, meaning, you know, the, the third part's coming. So in terms of the, the girl from the witch, which dude, she killed it. I'm sorry. Like she was so good in the witch that kind of blew my mind. And then in this, I I honestly, like I I was trying to like poke holes through her performance because I'm an asshole, but like I couldn't, she was so good. Um, no, she's brilliant. She's really good, particularly for a young actress. Right. And even her friend, uh, Jamie, it's funny because I just watched uh, uh, Haley Steinfeld movie, Edge of 17. Brilliant film. And that girl is in it, her friend. She plays the friend in that movie as well. It's kind of weird because they're both uh, brunettes that have the blonde friend and that both of the blonde friend is her. It's this girl. She's really good, too, <laughs> in um, – and and from what they gave them, I mean, there were certain scenes where, you know, they're trying to all really they have to do is try and like get out of certain situations and stuff like that. But I just think that the way Shyamalan does movies, man, it's it. I, I love I love his wide shots, first of all. I love his cinematography. And, and obviously, you know, I said I love, you know, old school Shyamalan movies, obviously, until he fell off and, and then, you know, made Lady in the Water. <laughs> last airbender after earth like i'm sorry but like you just lost me but in one instant i was so back on board with this just just with this whole movie and and like you said forget the ending this movie really does stand on its own with that said do you guys think that's enough nowadays in horror movies do you think that it has to have that twist or it has i i keep saying twist you guys don't i i hate using that word but i'm saying jamie said you're not allowed to use that today okay all right that 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 ending (laughs) With that ending, do you guys think it's like almost necessary to put movies from like a, you know an eight to like a you know nine or ten or I don't know because of the ending, like bump it up. Do you, do you think movies nowadays need that extra like element to the story to put it over the top? Like like the callback or the <laughs> not only that. Like look at um look at the we we talked about this about the marketing with Blair Witch. And how, you know, if they waited or whatever, well, the fact that they waited and there was a surprise and everybody's talking about the surprise at the end. Do you think that that movies nowadays, horror movies uh, need that or do you think that they can stand on their own and be great uh, without it? Because I think this movie is great without it, but it just seems like, you know, now like if it ended without that extra thing, would it be exactly? I, well, let's put it this way. 
I, I look, I understand. I, I put it together that Bruce Willis is in Unbreakable and right. all that kind of stuff. Um, so it really had zero impact on me. So I'm the only one who could give you this answer, I guess. Okay. The answer is no, you didn't need that. Okay. But at the same time, it it wasn't such an amazing ending. And to me, I just kind of, before they had that extra thing, which still meant nothing to me, like, I just, you know, it ended and I'm just like, well, you know, it, it's a movie. It's it's good. And there were really good performances. But I think, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's a stigma of this whole big name director thing that's been going around, you know, like the whole, in, in horror, you do it with Rob Zombie and in in any supernatural of any kind, I guess you do it with uh, Shyamalan that we I think we put more into it because we know he is involved and supposedly he's a big thing because he made two decent movies, I guess. Uh, and and then <laughs> and Signs isn't really even good if you pick it apart. But because I remember the, the the nostalgia critic reviewed that and he he made it look ridiculous and it really is and we all should have realized that but I guess most people didn't. But I always liked Signs. I thought it was really good and stuff. Yeah. But so you got that and you got the Sixth Sense and that's it. So why we put so much stock or care that this guy, like, we should almost forget his name. Somehow well, we just keep on remembering him. And Unbreakable. He did Unbreakable. But here's the thing. Yeah, about, there, I, just, I don't know anyone that liked Unbreakable. Really? What? Yeah. Everybody loves Unbreakable if they've seen oh, it. Really? I I heard people say it was boring. Oh, well, no. Jamie, really? so check this out, Alex. It, this, is, this is the funny part. So. Jamie, th- this is this was the tough part because I was trying to sell Alex on this movie, but I was trying to be sly about it. <laughs> we haven't talked about this since Alex, but I was like, dude, I was like, yeah, you got to get into his older movies. Like, forget all those other ones, but like his earlier stuff. Like, have you ever seen like The Sixth Sense or Unbreakable? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I remember. I mean, I don't remember The Sixth Sense, you know, scene for scene, but yeah, I remember it. It was it was good. And I was like, okay, yeah. Have you ever seen Unbreakable? And you were like, no, nah, I remember hearing about it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, watch that because I think you'll really appreciate it. Uh, you know, looking looking at it as all. I was trying yeah, to yeah, try to make me watch it before this. Well, here's the thing. This was what 2000 even maybe or something like that. And I'm telling you, the people in my life trashed it. And the, I, I there wasn't the internet like there is today. I mean, they had AOL. And stuff, and I suppose if you're a loser, you can go into a chat room or something. But there really wasn't any mass amounts of people that are into the same thing that you could talk to at the time. So I just had to go by the opinions of three, three or four people, and they were all like, "Yeah, that's nah, really not that good," and that's it. So I was like, "Oh, well, I guess I won't watch it then." And and why would I care? It's just a regular movie from a guy I never heard of. And after that, The Sixth Sense came out. Then you. Then you sort of paid attention to his name now. And then, you know, signs came out. Now you're really paying attention, you know. Right. So right. to me, it was nothing. And if people said, eh, it wasn't that good. I was like, okay. Hmm. I didn't think, I, didn't, I never gave it a second thought. So, uh, you know, I could tell you, though, but uh, real quick to finish my uh, thing there. Uh, it, it, I guess I'm glad that it gave you that extra punch that made you really, because obviously you're appreciating it on a whole other level because, now you see that this is a prequel, I guess, or a sequel, I don't even know, to... Sequel. To this, okay, sequel, to a movie that you loved, so that takes on a whole other meaning, dude. That's like, it's like me watching Rogue One without knowing it's a Star Wars... Uh, exactly. 
So, so th- this is my whole thing with it, and I feel like okay. So, to, like a lot of people catch it at a different time. Um, and I told you about the um, the the music. Now, Jamie, you know the music in Unbreakable when you know he he finally gets the confidence to hone his powers, and he just puts himself out there. And they got that. It's just a simple drum beat. And and when they bring that in at the end of Split, it did take me a minute. It took me a sec because I told I, I I watched Unbreakable before it. Not even like coincidentally, like I because I love that movie. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not gonna watch The Sixth Sense because I've seen that too many times. First of all, <laughs> and I I wanted to see Unbreakable because I honestly am not a fan of Bruce Willis anymore just because I heard about how such a dick he Dude, is. He but is like, such a dick. Even Sylvester Stallone said greediness and laziness is the worst qualities to be a star. Unbreakable is not a perfect movie. And, and, and I'll cite this as, as a perfect example. Remember how that movie ends, Jamie, with the freeze frame? It's all about the kids. And then it freeze frames, like, just really awkward. Yeah. Like, it's by no means a perfect film, but here's what I always liked about Shyamalan. Like I said, the wide shots, the 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 panning camera shots from from back and forth to each character, and you know, all in one shot. Like I eat that stuff up. I always thought Shyamalan was talented, but I was the first one to give up on him. Not even after the Village. I I, I dug the Village. I dug the twist to the Village. I didn't think the Village was a great movie. Um, I did dig the ending. I was like, oh, that's, that's, he, you know, he still got it. Like, I was fooled. Like, what the fuck is a fence doing there? What the fuck? <laughs> so, so, but after that, it just completely dropped off. And, and even with uh, the visit, um, I couldn't do it. I, I hated that kid. I wanted to punch him in his face every time he opened his fucking mouth trying to rap. I was thinking to myself, I was like, do people think that way about me when I start rapping? No, like, oh, dude, asshole? can you give us a rap, by the way, on this show? No, at some I, will, point? I will do nothing of this. So, what? No, absolutely not, sir. Um, so, uh, no, but here's the thing, man. With shit like that, it really gets to me. This movie, though, with Split, from beginning to end, just the just the performances alone, I think, put this movie above a lot of horror, whatever you want to call it, psychological uh, or thriller, however you want to label this movie. And I thought already it's above par because McAvoy's performance, and then the girls are really good in it. Um, everybody's really good in it, actually. Um, Throw in the cinematography, and and I've always been a a, a fan of of Shyamalan style, so I'm already loving it. So, and then like you said, Alex, if if you don't know the twist, it's literally one of those things where you'll get it or you won't, or you'll be somewhere in between. Well, it's where you're weird, like, I got it, but it didn't mean anything to me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, to answer that, I, um, I can give you an example of an answer to your question, Dan, regarding whether or not that is needed to elevate the film. Yeah. I was all in right. with this movie. I was all in. I absolutely loved it. I was bawling. I was there. I was, my heart was pounding. I was, I mean, I really enjoyed this experience mm-hmm. and we got to the end and I was like, Oh, oh my, Oh my God, that's even better. You yeah. know, I mean, when, yeah. when he said, Mr. When, when Bruce Willis is sitting at the counter and he says, Mr. Glass, I was oh, like, sh- nice. I mean, like, I just, I just, oh, it was amazing. Right. Now, Brian, on the other hand, he started to get lost on the narrative. Not lost as <laughs> in he wasn't keep, not lost in as in he wasn't keeping up. Like, it right. just, like, it was losing him because it was going too far. Like, okay. he felt it was, it was too, like, with the whole bullet imperviousness and right. all that, all of that. He was just like, no, like, you have gone outside the realm of reality. I'm not okay. I'm like, I'm not okay with this. And mm-hmm. then when Bruce Willis showed up, it was right. a game changer because yes. he's like, 
that put it within this already established universe right. where this is a possibility. So that just that just said that just validated everything that just happened. Now, for him, that was important. For yes. him, that totally. like he still he still liked the movie, but he didn't love it until that point. I was already in love with it, and mm. I just loved it that much more. So I guess for some people, it it really did make a difference because it seriously was a game changer for him. For me, yep. it just made it that much better. But well, um, I think you know. Well, Jamie, but with that said, though, let me ask you a question. It being a Shyamalan film, don't you think that brings an expectation of a twist ending? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so uh, you it's know, very- it does it. It does for it does for the general audiences, but right. I abandon that. I okay. I I don't accept it. I don't and I don't expect it. And Jamie, like once the trees started killing people, you you lost all faith in in. Any sort of <laughs> <story>. <laughs> well, I mean, t- what? No. And people keep talking about the twist in the visit again. I didn't see a twist in that film. What I saw was a reveal. What right. I saw so, was yeah. what I saw was a story unfolding. There was no fucking twist. It's not like they turned out to be aliens or something. Like, but, like for a second, you almost thought they were because right. the grandmother starts talking about, you know, the like she, she actually does start talking about aliens and stuff, and then you're like, yep. oh shit, this, yeah, you know, they're gonna be aliens. And then no, right. it 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 doesn't go there. It actually just turns out to be something much more normal and. So, and people keep talking about the twist. That's not a twist. I know. I'm That's sorry. I'm sorry. The reveal. The reveal. So, well, um, it's, I don't <laughs> expect that of him. I, so, I, I, he's pigeonholed. Yes. But yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't follow that. He is pigeonholed. I agree with Dan. Every movie is a new movie, you know, and that's how I see it. Yeah, but I think it's. I think Dan's right with with this guy. I think he always. I think everybody and he always banks on some kind of big twist. And I mean, what what was the twist in Signs that they don't like water or something? But okay, you know what? (laughs) I I actually forgot what it was. You know, I don't remember. Uh, It was all faith. It was all kind of not religion based, but kind of faith based stuff. Oh, with the mom and telling. Oh, okay. Swing away, all that kind of stuff. Well, but here's the thing on Split, though, guys, and this is my my whole thing about it is uh, you're right. I, I think it 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 rests on on being a good movie by itself. I think it elevates it, but with the whole. With the whole twist, uh, <laughs> with the whole reveal of him being uh, what, what is it? The, not the monster, the the beast, right? With that, now that plays into the unbreakable theme, right? Now, do you think it takes it a little further than the unbreakable than the unbreakable story, Jamie? Like a little further, obviously, because he's climbing on walls and shit. Just a little, not much, but do you think it takes it a little further? I mean, I suppose, but then I guess if you <laughs> if you have in in Unbreakable, you have a man who cannot be harmed. You know, yeah. nothing can happen to him. And then you have a man who breaks every bone in his body by coughing, right. um, yet still manages to be alive. Right. Uh, I guess if you have those two things, then why not have a guy who can climb walls or whatever? Well, and, and, I mean, I'm willing to accept anything at that point. Right. Exactly. But but let me ask you a question now. Now, the way they speak about um, – uh, I don't even want to say evolution, but when, when she's talking on that Skype call and she's giving that lecture on Skype there, 
Um, and she's talking about how it's evolving in people. Don't forget, too, this is, what, 17 years since Unbreakable was made? So in my mind, that's all I really need is a little little something saying, well, maybe it was the, maybe it was one thing, and now it's something different, and then it's going to, uh, you know, bleed into the next one with the Horde. And I think it's great. I, I think yeah. it's subtle enough, but, like, I didn't, I, I didn't really pick up on that right when it ended. And I'm like, it's... You know, I kept thinking that eh, might be a little shoehorned in, but it does fit. And then I started going back to that Skype call she had and how she's talking about the personalities coming, you know, coming and, and how, you know, the manifestation of right. you know, physical stuff through the mind. And I'm like, no, wait, that's brilliant. And the timing's brilliant, too, because of when Unbreakable was made, that that would make sense that it's been, you know, years later. So I don't know. I ate this movie up. I was so giddy about this movie. I still am. Like, I was, like, shaking after. I was so happy. Oh, yeah, I was, too. I, I, I was, it was insane. Um, and I got one thing to keep in mind, though, one thing we've learned from comic books, you know, over the past, jeez, 85 years, Not you know, is... Um, is that within the realm of superheroes and villains, anything is possible. There are no limitations and there are no rules. Right. right. So um, that just to me, that little one, like two word sentence that right. Bruce Willis utters at the end yep. of that film gives him all the license in the world to right. do anything he wants within this story. Exactly. And, and and here's the thing, too. Of course, it's exaggerated. It's a fucking movie like and, and this is my whole thing, too, with Shyamalan, like and, and really with any good horror, you guys tell me, but you take you take a nugget of truth and then you expand on it. You you exaggerate it for, for movie purposes. And, you know, being a grounded movie. Uh, see, I would love for Alex to watch these two movies back to back, and I truly feel like you would you would appreciate it more. But um, it's just one of those things where it, no, you know what, dude, I do actually. I don't know why I said what I said just now. I was picturing the part where he crushed the old lady's ribs, and then the girl went in and read the note to you know say his name. And I got now that I think about it, I was very invested, and I was. I was so zoned into this, and I really liked every minute of it. I'm not really sure why I said that before. I think, you know what it was? It, it's a lot of things for me are my final impression. Mm-hmm. And yep, I didn't care about Bruce Willis in the end, so that I that was weird. And then um, I didn't, <laughs> I honestly, see, here's the weird thing. The ending seemed to like just sputter out and stall out to me but at the same time when he says that he's not going to kill her because he sees that she is not one of the impure or whatever or she is pure or i guess right is pure yeah because she's been through all that um that really did strike me and I had an emotional uh reaction i'm not saying i cried i'm just saying i i it definitely uh it definitely had it because you're supposed to have an emotional reaction and it, it did good so um i did i was totally into it and all that but i guess i don't know i mean her did I hype sh- it up well, sometimes it just takes talking about it too right you know i mean it, it takes talking about it to open up what 
in your own mind, you know, going over things in your mind, listening to other people go over them. It, you know, it, cause I honestly, cause when you just brought up that scene about him killing the woman and then her reading, I had forgotten about that. Uh, Me too. So, you know, it's like, oh yeah. So like sometimes all it takes is just, um, right. It's working. Well, also realize, oh wait, you know, either I did or I didn't like that movie more than I thought. Right. And and the whole shotgun thing, I felt there wasn't much of a payoff to that because I thought it would be like this big moment when, and of course I'm thinking the same thing you guys were like, she's finally going to pull the trigger this time. But, but at the same time, it doesn't make any sense because of course you are, you you just saw him eat two other girls. So why would we think (laughs) that it's going to be a battle in her mind to pull the trigger? It's the stupidest kind yeah, there's no payoff to that at all. I agree with yeah. that. I think yep. I really wish there had been something more to that. Honestly, I wish she had pulled the trigger then. But and then if she if she had, then she wouldn't be the person she is now because she wouldn't have gone to live with him and all this right. other stuff. And but that too. It, like that whole thing, like there was no So and you're like, "Oh, so what? Is he is he still with her?" Like and it's just like, "Does she still live with this guy?" And you're like, "We're I don't get it. You know, like, and of course, I'm assuming that, which I'm probably right. But at the same time, since you don't see her as an adult with him or anything, it it just doesn't have the same impact. And you're just like... Because yeah. the, the, the police officer at the end says, right. you know, we called your uncle, he's here or whatever. And then you get that look that passes between yes. her and the police officer. Oh. Yeah, and you wonder if she's going to tell the cop. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like, I'm wondering yeah. if she's going to now, now that she supposedly, she broke through this uh, thing of her not defending herself, now she'll, now she's a different person. So I figured we would see him getting taken away in handcuffs and from an overhead shot or something and nothing. So I think those kind of couple things, like the non-payoff, that, and then him being impervious to bullets, that, that, uh, so what? So you, you didn't kill him or anything, and it's just like, I don't know, man. It just seems like a non-ending, even though you had such a powerful moment with the whole seeing that she's pure and stuff. And then you have the Bruce Willis thing, which I just didn't get because I didn't get um, the relation to Unbreakable. So with those things coupled, left an odd taste in my mouth. But I, I'll say this. Until that point of her in the cage and with the non payoff and all that stuff i really 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 liked it so uh if you if i if everyone else can ignore those things then i would definitely recommend this movie i'm sorry right and i think at the scene at the end too there alex i i do appreciate that that look that she gives the cop and how it just kind of ends her story there i appreciate that because one for me man that's that's true to life and i don't know if you guys thought this as well like not only was she going to tell the cop but all i could help but think is Shit, I should have stayed with the fucking psychopath with twenty three personalities. <laughs> like, but, but, but here's here's the thing with the non ending, and I'm not saying that this makes up for it. I'm just saying um, this was conceived as a three part story. Now they could not even continue this, and does that make it right? I don't know. If I looked at Empire Strikes Back and I had to wait till fucking Jedi, I'd I'd probably be like, this is bullshit too. But. Um, with that said, and and hearing interviews saying it will be continued, but then I wonder what the twist is going to be in the next one. Like, dude, you you kind of played your cards, but I mean, hey, I I got faith in him again to 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 do something different. Because I'll be honest with you, I didn't see this ending coming at all, not even close. And you know, a lot of people said they called it or whatever. You're full oh, of shit. Whatever. No, and, oh, guys, how about um, 
what do you feel that uh, it was able to keep keep secret for the most part? I don't think anybody. I never heard the reveal. No, people were really good about it, and that's what made me so happy is that everyone was very, very careful. And uh, even on Facebook posts and everything, people were very, very good. And I love that because it's important to get that natural response to people who are Unbreakable fans. But, Dan, are you saying people – are saying that they called the Bruce Willis portion of that film that they called That's what that I'm it saying. Was in yes, that this is, is complete bullshit. bullshit. I don't believe that for one second. There's no nope. reason in the world that you should. He hasn't touched that film in 15 right. years. He hasn't. There's been nothing talking <laughs> about it. No one was teasing it. Right. You know what? Right. That's right up there with people who say yeah. they knew Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. I don't buy that shit either. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> whatever. But to that point, though. I was very upset when he was in the mirror and then it went to the split thing. And I told you, it took me a second. I'm like, I know that fucking music. I know. That. And and initially I'm like, oh, what's he just using the same music again? Like, is that just like, oh, check it out, it's a little trademark of mine. And then as soon as they brought the camera back, I knew I thought it was going to be Mr. Glass, to be honest with you. But I knew something. I was like, that's fucking unbreakable music. Oh, my God. And then that's when I started really, like, hitting my seat. I'm like, no way. And, you know. But let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys remember in what context that lady asked the question in to give Bruce Willis that response? Like, Mr. Glass? Because what would Mr. Glass and 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 oh. – him having comment. I don't. Well, they was... were they were watching the news report and the on TV about this guy, and the girl was like, "Oh man, that's like that guy. What was that guy's name? All those years, like fifteen years ago, that went to prison. The guy in the wheelchair. Right. And I guess. It, um. And I. What does that I'm, imply? I'm well because he was, uh, you know, I, maybe it was a, like a something this bad hasn't happened here since that kind of thing. Oh, you know, like, oh, you know, wow, this is almost as bad as that, that, you know, when they, when that one guy in the wheelchair did all the crap he did kind of, so nobody, you know what I mean? So nobody really understood the superhero thing. They were just referencing a big massacre and Bruce Willis. I think so. I yeah. Got- yeah. See, that makes sense. See, that's why I also thought it was shoehorned in. I'm like, what? I forget exactly what she said, but what could they have in common? Yeah, that's stupid. And then, like, you, what you just said makes a lot more sense. So now I'm the one who's stupid. Yeah, it's not it's not a perfect film, but it's 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 damn good. And and, you know, you know what I appreciate about it now? And we've talked about this before, like with the whole cabin in the woods thing and all oh, this changed the game. It didn't necessarily change the game, but I will say this. That's never been done before, has it? I mean, simple. What, making a done. sequel from something 15 years ago? Making a sequel without anybody knowing it's a sequel until the last shot. Yeah. Therefore, looking at the whole movie differently. That, well, Blair Witch could have done it, but they See? fucked it up. They fucked up. But do you think maybe he took cues from that too? Because is it Blumhouse that does both? No, because oh. it, it, they're too close together. Because no. Yeah, I don't think he even knows that that exists. They're too close together. But the the thing is, there are people who still call Blair Witch a remake. And like, oh, you know, the, I didn't see the remake. A remake of the Blair Witch Project. And I'm like, God damn it, it's not a fucking remake. How can it be a remake when there are the the characters from the first film are referenced in this film? It's right. not a fucking remake. It's a sequel. But because it has such a similar title and 
that's just, you know, people are dumb. That's basically what it boils down to. People are dumb. And, uh, and if any of you out there are listening to this and you fall into that category, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) sorry, not sorry. And hey, dummy, remakes are shot for shot. We all learned that with the Psycho remake. So obviously. (laughs) Well, also, those are probably the same people who call The Thing a remake of The Thing when it is not. It's a prequel. It is very clear if you watch the film that it is not a remake. It is a prequel. So it's, you know. Pay attention. Context clues. Here we go. Uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> but, Keep um, up. Anyway, the, the, <laughs> the uh, anyway, yeah, Blair Witch could have done something that amazing and they fucked it up. He, however, nailed it. He nailed it. And I'm so glad he did. And um, I, I just I'm just I'm blown away. I was blown away. I mean, he to me, this and the visit is all I need for me to be able to say that, uh, yeah, he's back. I don't even need the visit. I just take this and I'm like, yep, I'm like, I'm all in again until he makes like another shit bomb and then forget it. Like, or, yeah, and Lady in the Water 2. Lady in the right. Water 2 back in the water. <laughs> Skinny dipping. Just when he thought it was so, it was safe. <laughs> yep. Lady well, in the Shyamalan's back. back. I give this a four out of five. I really nice. liked it. And if I knew what you guys were talking about, I'd probably give it a 4.5 also. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, that makes me happy, though, man, because, um, yeah, like I said, I was really hyped for you to see it. So I'm glad you got the um, the whole picture. And I do some one day when 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 you and Tiff are bored some, sometime, man, and you got nothing to do, watch those two back to back. And, and I, I think you'll you'll appreciate it even more. Well, now the... that I know it's not bad, I will. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just listen to me and Jamie from now on. Hey, where were you guys uh, 15 years ago? I know, right? <laughs> Skeleton crew. It's Johnny Gore checking in for the last time. Now it's been six months since my last message. And I gotta tell you, things have not gotten any better. When I said I was in the heart of this zombie apocalypse, I meant it. This horde, these things are everywhere. And they're hard to kill. A few of my buddies who tried to make it out, who tried to make it out, who tried to make it an escape plan. Very few of us made it. I'm one of the one. But I'll tell you one thing. What we learned in the movies, it's true. They're hard to kill. You chop into pieces, the pieces will still come after you. Only way to stop them is get them in the head. They'll go down permanently. But it's another thing. If they scratch you or bite you, then you are infected. Trust me. I know. I got a bite. I don't know how long this is going to last. Lost half my left arm trying to subdue it. But this virus spreading all over rapidly. I might have a day. I might even have a few hours. The fight here is finished. I gotta leave this, leave this up to you. You gotta continue on. Mexico. That was the original plan. Go to Mexico. Turn your backs against the ocean. Fight them out there. 
I don't know how much time you have, but you got to do it. Me, my time is over. Johnny Gore, out. Yo, 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 what he's gone now? That's it? First Dave Z splits, now Johnny Gore? What the hell's going on around here? Well guys, uh, well guys, this is Alex and I'm signing off alone here. It was a big show. A lot went down. So much has changed and it's really hard to comprehend. It's something I have to digest in my mind. Just like all of you. What Dave Z did, the sacrifice he made for this show, is kind of like getting a second chance in life. You know? It's one of those things that I never thought would happen. Dan Chase is back on the skeleton crew. I never thought I'd be sitting down looking across the table at Dan Chase, looking to my left at Jamie, seeing the two of them, and looking down at a microphone. So many reasons, there are so many reasons to really appreciate what Dave did. The biggest one is uh, we're winding down. This is the last season of The Skeleton Crew. Just like we planned in 2014, on Halloween night, The Skeleton Crew will wrap it up. That's the end. For all of you who started listening on April 2nd, 2012, the journey ends there. Halloween night, 2017. Amazing, huh? Just like that. Gone. All we've been through. All those hours. All those great times. Every time a new show kicked on. That music started. The excitement you got when. You turn on a show. And it was covering your favorite horror franchise. The excitement when. Your favorite actor came on the show for an interview. So many great moments. So many great times. So many great people have been on this show. The dungeon has been filled with some of the greatest guests any horror radio show could ever ask for. I will never forget what this show meant to all of you. I'll never forget what this show has brought me personally. I'll never forget... What this show has spawned. So much has come from this. I can't be grateful enough. 
the people that have been brought into my life because of this show. It is something I will always look back on fondly. But, come on guys, let's not get too sentimental here. We have a long way to go. It's only February. We got March, April, May, June, July, August, all through summer guys. All through spring. September, October, right in the middle of the fall. Right at the peak of when horror means the most to us. That's when we celebrate this show. That's when we go out in a blaze of glory, guys. It's better to burn out than fade away. Some will argue we've already faded away. But you guys who are still listening at this point, you know what's up. Till next month, this is Alex for Dan and Jamie saying thank you, Dave. For an amazing two years. Via Condios.
He's not a whole lot to tell. I'm a pretty simple guy. <laughs>